What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Salty Dogs Podcast. This is Season 2, Episode 18. And so today is actually a first and a last for the Salty Dogs Podcast, which means it's the first podcast we've ever had to do solo. And so your host, Jason, here pulling a solo podcast. We are Sans Casey today and then what makes this a last is that this is actually going to be our last episode for season two and so just know like it's okay we are actually talking about doing some i don't know maybe want to call them bonus off-season episodes here and there we don't want to go completely totally silent but we do need to take a little bit of time off like we have in between seasons before so Last episode of season two, and just know that as season three is going to come back in the new year, 2019, it'll be uh, January, February, 2019. And, uh, you know, just knowing me and Casey, we're going to want to, we're going to want to jump back into this thing as, as quickly as we possibly can. Um, But we've, we've talked about a lot of uh, cool stuff going to happen for season three with the Salty Dogs podcast. I think we're finally going to try and see how we can get some call-ins to happen. Uh, We want to hear from listeners. And we also want to talk to different people just around the around the the nation and around the world. We have connections with people here and there, and so we want to continue to bring you guys uh, really great conversation uh, just surrounding our, our faith and, and the Bible. And you guys know what we do, so I don't have to explain too much of that. But uh, we also talked about doing some live streaming, and uh, and yeah, so we just have some ideas for season three. So taking our, taking some time off is going to give us um, some opportunity to kind get our head together, get some things organized, and just take some time to sort some stuff out. Time off is good. I feel like I don't need to explain myself much further concerning that. Casey, I miss you, man. I wish you were here with me, bro. It's uh, it's a different, uh, different world right here with this mic on my own. Uh, what I'm going to do for you guys today for Salty Dogs Podcast, well, you know we've got to start with our Pass the Salt segment. And so from the Salty Dogs podcast at gmail.com inbox, I'm going to read to you guys uh, a, um, an email that we got from a listener. And so this one actually comes from across the pond. And so here we are, past the salt from Carrie Khan to the Salty Dogs podcast at gmail.com inbox. It says, thank you. I've been a follower of Christ for many years ups and downs and I'm currently going through a very difficult time and I came across your podcast on Spotify when I needed to listen to some teachings and I didn't know where to go and I thank God I found it exclamation point episode after episode it feels like you are speaking directly to me or addressing issues in my life and walk that will help with my situation keep up God's great work you're doing so well and are an inspiration to me and many others I'm sure Already, you're reaching out to the ends of the earth and carrying out God's great commission. I'm all the way over here in Northern Ireland. You legends. <laughs> oh, that's great. I love it. Uh, sent this to Casey. Obviously, I always share every email and every review and everything uh, that we get from Facebook and all that stuff. I uh, shoot over to Casey and, you know, we're just always blown away how people are moved and how we're able to affect people through the Salty Dogs podcast. It's been really great. We appreciate you guys. And Carrie, we wish the rosiest of cheeks dawned upon you from the heavens above by God himself. May you be blessed with rosy cheeks. And so I know Casey has the same wishes for you. 
I just want to ask you guys real quick if you uh, if you would consider maybe I, I know a lot of you listen on Spotify and there's not really a way to rate or review the podcast that way. Um, but those of you who are listening on iTunes, man, I just take a quick moment if you would leave a review and give us a, uh, a five star rating if that's what uh, you want to give us. And, you know, it just helps get the the uh, the podcast kind of bumped up um, so that more people will find it. And so we're just appreciative for you guys doing that. And always check out SaltyDogsPodcast.com so that uh, you can sign up for our emails and you can listen there and just continue to reach out to us or, you know, share it with your friends, do that kind of fun stuff. So as a solo guest today, I have just a, uh, a quick teaching that I want to share with you all just to kind of leave you at the end of season two. Uh, I want to give you some encouragement and in, just infuse uh, some truth about who you are and about who God is. And I just want to give that to you guys to uh, just be this last episode of season two encouragement to you all. If you're this far into the podcast, maybe you started with the most recent or maybe you've listened all the way through, but you would have got to an episode called The Father's Love. It was a really great episode earlier this season with James and Stephanie Weishar. We just love them as a couple. They're so phenomenal. But we we dove into this this uh, this topic of the Father's love and just how much God loves us. And uh, what I'm sharing with you today is actually from a sermon that I taught uh, last week at the Source Wichita, where I teach and lead by the grace of God. And I titled this sermon, How Deep the Father's Love for Us. And so I've actually taken the worksheet that we handed out on Sunday and I've made that available as a download for you also there in the show notes. You can click that link. It's it's a bit.ly link and uh, you can download the PDF and just kind of work through this or download this and kind of fill in the blanks uh, as you listen if you if you can. And uh, and it'll help you follow along. But not only that, you can have that printed out and you can just look over it again. And so I've, I've called this How Deep the Father's Love for Us. And so we did an episode called The Father's Love, but I just feel like there's so much that we can say about God's love for us. And, uh, you know, there's a song, How Deep the Father's Love for Us, How Vast Beyond All Measure. And honestly, I think that sometimes we don't really know the depths of the love that God has for us. We... um we've kind of been indoctrinated in a sense, and I'm not some huge conspiracy theorist about Disney and, and media and all this stuff. Although some of that stuff uh, is, is kind of, is kind of crazy. But uh, what I wanted to say about this is just that I, uh, I grew up kind of as a hopeless romantic and I've watched a lot of movies that have a, a, a theme surrounding love. And I've watched the romantic comedies, the rom-coms. So two people meet each other serendipitously and then they fall in love and then they find out about each other's past or someone has a bad past or is dating a girl on a date or something like that. And then or on a bet, you know, and then really truly falls in love with her. And then girl finds out and then it's like, Oh, you suck. And I hate you. And then the guy comes back and he does this grand gesture, right? Like he fills a room with a million balloons and then it spells out, I love you. And, or, you know, they run to the airport and catch him going up the escalator or whatever it is, you know, just real cheesy, crazy stuff. And, and it's this grand gesture of love that is supposed to win back the heart of that individual who who in the first place said, well, no, you know, I, I want nothing to I want nothing to do with you anymore. 
we we watch these movies and we see these these cheesy romantic gestures and and this is what we think love is supposed to be like and it's a love is a feeling and I'm supposed to be overwhelmed with and I get weak in the knees you know there's that old song that goes I get weak in the knees when I something something <laughs> and uh, anyways it's just it's songs and movies and all this other stuff tells us so many different things about love. And so then when we try and understand the love of God, we we try and understand it through a worldly lens and we try and look to things that have attempted to show us what love is truly like and it always, always fails in comparison. You know, God, he gave a grand gesture of love and it wasn't uh, just a grand gesture that was going to win somebody back and then there wasn't going to be anything to follow it up. And see, that's what I think the movies have wrong is that there's these grand gestures and then they don't ever show you the movies about the simplicity of life and how love endures all things. And love is, isn't, isn't jealous or it doesn't, uh, it's not self-seeking. It doesn't boast. It's not envious. It doesn't hold records of wrong. We, we never see that in the movies. But what I know about God is that he, his grand gesture to us was Jesus on the cross. And that then God's love lives beyond that gesture into the simplicity of life. So God, indeed, he did give us a grand gesture of love, but he's, he follows it up with a faithful, willing, kind, patient, and grace-filled love that we rarely ever get to see in the movies. And so, anyways, I just, we need to maybe understand the the depth of the love of Christ on the cross. I think on the cross, we get a perfect display of, of God's wrath and jealousy, but we also get a perfect display of his love simultaneously. And Jesus on the cross, as he hangs there and as he is, (laughs) God knows how much pain he was going through. Jesus meets the greatest offense ever given toward any man on the face of the earth through all time with love and forgiveness. So you have the creator, God, who becomes flesh, the word, right? So in the beginning was the word and the word was God and the word was with God. And uh, that word became flesh and then it became the light of man and the darkness could not overcome it. And so Jesus came and he walked the face of the earth and he interacted with man and he showed love to man and he healed and he taught. But then scripture says that he was rejected by his creation. So the creator comes to show himself to creation and creation rejects him. Not only do they reject him, but then they decide that they want to crucify him. And so along the way, he's, he's accused wrongfully. He's despised. Uh, He's plotted against. He's, rejected. He's taken before Pilate and is wrongfully accused. And then also he's uh, wrongfully sentenced to death. He, he did no wrong thing, but then he goes to the, on his way to the cross, he's beaten and flogged and his clothes are ripped off and he's there naked and they, they pull out his beard and he's beaten and mutilated, right? The cat of nine tails, this whip that's got these these rock chunks on the tips, tearing flesh from his back. 
And as he hangs on the cross, it says that he was mutilated beyond recognition. And so you've got all this going on. Jesus hanging on the cross. He's dying. And he's looking down at this crowd of people who have yelled crucify him, who knew, who've rejected him, who've uh, basically cast lots for his his clothing as he hangs there naked. He's looking down. He's seeing these guys playing craps at the foot of the cross saying, no, I, I want that piece of clothing. And Jesus looks down and we all know these famous words. He says, forgive them for they know not what they do. And so you get this grand gesture of love on the cross. That is an unconditional love. It's a forgiving love. It's a, a grace filled love that meets the greatest offense of creation, rejecting their creator. And it's met with love and forgiveness. And so if we've ever seen a grand gesture, it's not just some guy standing outside of some girl's window holding up a boom box, playing a song that she likes, trying to get her back, or somebody running to the airport to meet somebody as they come up the escalator and they're there waiting for him saying, don't leave, I love you. We get these images of grand gestures of love, but the truest, grandest gesture of them all is Jesus on the cross and forgiving those who have essentially completely, totally rejected him. It's just interesting that even though God has done this grand gesture by allowing a son to die on the cross, he just doesn't leave it at that, but he follows it up with daily love and infinite kindness and infinite grace. And it's so deep. And I just wish that we could, we could grasp it. So Paul the Apostle Paul in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 14 through 21. Here's what he says. For this reason, I kneel before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being. So that, one, Christ may dwell in your hearts again through faith, or dwell in your hearts through faith. And he prays. Again, I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, this is two, may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how long, how wide, how high, and how deep is the love of Christ. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power, that is at work within us to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. So kind of a lot going on here, but essentially what Paul is doing is he's praying for believers and he's saying, one, I'm going to pray that uh, by power through his spirit in your inner being that Christ will dwell in your hearts through faith. So he's basically saying like, yeah, I want you to be saved. I want you to come to a saving knowledge of Christ. And then he says this, and I pray that you have power together with the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep the love of Christ is. So he's saying, one, not only do I want you to know Christ and for him to dwell in you, but two, I want you to really grasp the the height, the depth, the length, the width of the love of God for you, of Christ's love for you. And so if you think about width, depth, length, uh, height, Essentially, what, what Paul is doing here is, to me, he's painting a picture of a multidimensional love. 
So if you've ever looked at a cube and you want to find the uh, the cubic feet of this cube, you multiply height by length by width, and then you find the area of this thing. And so uh, you, you're you're looking at a three dimensional object and you're trying to figure out the the height, the width, the depth, the the um, the you know how much space this thing essentially takes up. And so what Paul is doing here, I I think he's doing he's doing geometry in a sense. He's trying to get us to understand that the love of God is multi-dimensional, right? Width is a dimension. Length is a dimension. Height is a dimension. And so I believe that Paul is saying, look, this love that Jesus has for us is a multi-dimensional love. And if we know this, it's, you guys remember the song, he came from heaven to earth to show the way, right? From heaven to earth. He literally descended from another dimension to enter into our dimension to show us a multi-dimensional love. The love that the Father has for us existed in his dimension before it existed in ours. Maybe you want to call it realm, the earthly realm and the heavenly realm. This heavenly realm love came into the earthly realm. Emmanuel, which means God with us. He comes and he brings something that was not earthly in the first place. And so what Paul is then saying, he's saying, look, I'm praying that you're going to have power by the spirit in you to even grasp how deep and wide and long and this love is. And so he's saying, look, you need an, an existential power. You need a power that exists beyond yourself to give you power to be able to understand this love that is uh, it is beyond knowledge, he says. It surpasses knowledge. And so the interesting thing about this is that we don't even have the capacity in our in our human minds to even understand the love of God. And it's interesting because we might say, you know what, like the gospel and the love of God, it's unbelievable. Like most of the time I start to think I dwell on the gospel and I dwell on grace and then it doesn't make sense to me sometimes. And I'm just like, I don't understand how God would even love me, even though X, Y, and Z, and I've done this and I've not done that. And I just see all my sin and I see myself and I know myself and I've been this way year after year after year after year after year, but I profess Christ and I believe in him and I'm moving towards him and, and, and I'm in relationship with him. And so I just don't understand if he knows all this about me, how he's going to continue to love me. And for us, it seems unbelievable. And we, we, sometimes reject that he could love us even that much. And so we continue to live in this perpetual grind <laughs> of trying to impress God with our good works and our holiness and our um, devotion to uh, doing what is right. Um, and we think that that is going to continue our right standing with God. But the truth is we are already in right standing with God because of Jesus and his death on the cross. And so everything that Jesus did in his life, fulfilling the law perfectly, loving God perfectly, living in perfect obedience and in perfect union with the father, he has done on our behalf. And you know, what's interesting is that uh, I heard somebody say one time that uh, Christ not only died for you, but he also lived for you. <laughs> If that it, he lived the perfect life for you and then he died the death you should have died. And so he is 
completely taken our place in all respects. And so now that he's seated in the, in the heavenlies, seated at the right hand of the father, he's well, he is a son, uh, that is, uh, his father's well pleased with him. And the scripture says that not only were we, uh, buried with him, but we are also raised with him and are seated in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. And so we are in Christ in all ways. And scripture tells us that, you know, even though we're here on the earth in our flesh and our, in our body, that our spirits are, are seated with Christ in the heavenly realm. And so right now we actually have multi-dimensional existence. And so multi, multi-dimensional love for multi-dimensional beings. Now I'm not like, don't hear me crazy about any of this. Like just to understand scripture says we're seated in the heavenlies in Christ Jesus. We're, we are there with him right now as a reality positionally, but then also positionally we are on earth. And so by definition, we are, we now have multi-dimensional existence. And so Jesus also said that if we die, uh, we live. And so as far as I'm concerned, and, and we can, you can email me about this, but, uh, we have, we already exist in eternity. And so it's just, it's an interesting thing, but the reason I say all of this is because it's hard for our minds to grasp sometimes, and maybe we don't completely totally believe it, but Paul's saying, look, I pray that you will have power from above, from God to be able to grasp this love that surpasses all knowledge. So then he goes on to say in, in Ephesians 3.20, and this is kind of a famous, famous verse, but he says to him, or excuse me, yeah, now to him who's able to do immeasurably more than we ask or imagine, according to his power that is work at work within us. So God is able to do immeasurably more than we ask or imagine. So interestingly, God is saying, look, I'm not limited by your thinking. I'm not limited by your knowledge. God can love us with a love that surpasses knowledge, even if we don't fully know it or understand it. He exists outside of that. He's able to do immeasurably more than we can ask or imagine. So even if I can't imagine that God would love me the way that we're talking about God loving us unconditionally, even if we can't imagine it, the truth is God exists beyond our imagination and and beyond whatever measure of knowledge we can attain. And he still loves us from that place, even though we've not attained the knowledge of it. His Our knowledge of his love is not uh, commensurate, commensurate with the amount of love that we receive from God. He loves us from this place that we don't understand, and he does it anyway. And as a matter of fact, this word love is the word for agape love, which I've taught in the past to mean unconditional, but actually I've, I've done, I've, I've looked it up again in the, in the Strong's Concordance. And I actually see this word, uh, that means it says preferential love. And so God's agape love for us is a preferential love, which means I am preferred by God. Not only am I loved by him, but I'm preferred by him. Have you ever heard couples talk about this and say, well, you say you love me, but do you like me? You know, and I've heard somebody say, well, you know, I'm, I'm supposed to love you, but that doesn't mean I have to like you. Well, let me just tell you that the father's love for us is a preferential love. So it means that he loves us beyond and without condition, but then also he prefers us. So God likes you. Do you know this? Like 
God likes you as a person. He, he likes you. He prefers you. Not only does he love you, he wants to know you as a, as a parent, a father knows a child in a deep and intimate way. It's, it's so amazing. First John three, one says this, consider the kind of extravagant love the father has lavished on us. He calls us children of God. It's true. We are his beloved children. And so the truth is that you are a child of God. And if you're a child of God, you're preferred by him. He loves you. He likes you. He wants to see you grow up into obedience. He's okay with the mistakes that you made because you make and made because he knows who you're going to turn into. You're being conformed into the image of his son. You're being conformed into his likeness and the work in your life is not done. And he's going to love you through the process. He's going to love you no matter where you are. My, my daughter's two years old and I loved her the day she was born. I loved her every other day after that, every single minute of, of every hour of every day, I have loved my daughter and I've seen her make mistakes and I've seen her make messes and I've had to clean up her messes. And I've had to help correct some of her mistakes, but it doesn't ever mean that my love for her changes. And this is what scripture is trying to show us. And I believe this is what, uh, you know, Paul was trying to get across into our heads and, and John and first John is saying, look, like you're loved. And he's, John says this, consider the kind of extravagant love the father has lavished on us. And so these avid adjectives that he uses uh, for love and then this adverb, but like he's lavished, right? Like this, these, um, these descriptors of the way that God is. And so def the definition of extravagant is exceeding what is reasonable or appropriate. And I love this definition. It's absurd. Extravagant means absurd. So consider what absurd love God has for you. Have you ever considered the absurdity of God's love for you? Have you ever considered uh, God's love for you being unreasonable or inappropriate? I think we think that all the time. I think when we make statements like, I just don't know how God would love me when this, that, and the other, well, what we're doing is we're saying, well, God, you're absurd. And actually the kind of love that you have for me, it's, it's inappropriate for this situation. I don't know if you know this about me, but I've done this, that, and the other, and I'm probably going to continue to do this, that, and the other, because I just can't seem to change. And so I don't know how you're saying that you're going to love me through all of this. And God says, well, it sounds kind of absurd, doesn't it? Well, yeah, it does sound absurd. Well, God, it, it, it also seems unreasonable and it's inappropriate for this situation. And God's saying, yeah, that's my extravagant love for you. It's beyond understanding. I don't get how you would. And God says, but I do anyway. And then the other part of this uh, definition is lacking restraint. So God's love lacks restraint, which means he doesn't hold back. And so the, this definition of extravagant means lacking uh, restraint and spending money or using resources. And if you remember the story of the prodigal son, he got all of his inheritance and then he went and he squandered his wealth in, in what was a foolish way. And that word prodig prodigal also means lacking restraint and spending money or using resources. It's interesting that we've always looked at the prodigal son story and we're just like, oh, he went, he spent, he did all this stuff and then he comes back and then the father accepts him and that's the father's love. Actually, the prodigal son shows us the 
father's love and the way that he takes his inheritance and then he goes and spends it even foolishly. And we look at God's love sometimes and we think he's foolish for loving us and that he needs to like hold back or calm down a little bit and, and show some restraint. And the truth is God's love is beyond restraint. And he does not, he, he, he does not restrain from pouring out his resources of love and mercy and grace and kindness and patient patience to us. It's so amazing to consider. Maybe take a moment and just dwell on that for a second. First John four eighteen through 19 says, there's no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. And the one who fears is not made perfect in love. We love because he first loved us. And so I just want to make this statement as we close. His love is not a response to our doing, but an outflow of his being. And so we've fallen into this trap of this works based. I deserve this love. So, uh, because the things I've done, or I don't deserve this love because the things I've not done or done. And we just fall into this conditional trap. We, we fall into this, this world where we're, we're not even realizing that God prefers us and loves us as a father loves his children. But we continue to trap ourselves into this perpetual cycle of feeling good enough and then not feeling good enough, feeling like we've done enough and then not feeling like we've done enough. We go through these cycles of guilt and shame and then we feel like we're good. And, and see, the, the problem with that is if we if the good things we do make us feel worthy of God's love, well, then the bad things we do are going to make us feel unworthy of God's love. And again, this is us trying to utilize earthly human thinking to understand the love of God. And as Paul prays, he says, I just pray for power from the spirit in you to be able to grasp the multidimensional love of God for you. And so honestly, the only thing I can really say at this point is that if you're at a place to where you're not really feeling like you're knowing the love of God on that level that Paul's praying and you still find yourself in this conditional trap. I'm just going to suggest uh, what we always do on the salty dogs podcast. And that's, we're going to point you to Jesus and say, you need to go spend time with him. You need to go get in a corner. You need to pray. You need to, you need to sit and meditate and listen. Look, let me tell you this. There's a love of God that surpasses all knowledge. And the Bible is filled with man's attempt to give account and testimony of the love of God. And you could read through the pages of the scripture over and over and over and read all about God's love and never really truly experience God's love. Just because someone tells you about it doesn't mean that you can experience it. And here I am and I'm using all of this time and all of these words and all of these, this knowledge, and I'm trying to make sense of it for you. But honestly, what it boils down to is it has to be the spirit of God in you that is revealing to you the height, the width, the depth, the length of God's love for you. And so, yeah, people will say the Bible is God's love letter to us. But let me just tell you, there's a person behind the letter. And that's the person we should seek and get to know. And so I just, I just want to encourage you guys. Just go and find a find a place. Get with the Lord. Say, Lord, show me. 
give me that multidimensional power to understand a multidimensional love. And, and, and so it surpasses knowledge, but we can know by faith in our spirit Right. We can know what is reality and true. It's and it's by faith. It's not that I get it now. It's that the father's revealed it to me. Paul said his gospel was not a, a gospel taught by men, but revealed to him by God above. And I believe that God wants to give us the same revelation of who we are and how much he loves us. And it may be that he's already doing that in you. But it also may be that you need to uh, go spend some time with him and just say, God, show me show me. And so I hope you guys were blessed. Um, I'm a little sad that it's the end of the season, but it's going to be good. We're going to take a little time off, but like I said, we're going to try and have some stuff that is going to come up in our off season. And we're going to try and do some things to kind of just keep you guys, um, listening. And we just want to, we, we want to stay connected. We don't want to, we don't want this to be a, um, a goodbye, but we want this to be an, I'll see you later. And so as always check out salty dogs, and you can sign up for an email newsletter and then also, uh, follow us on Instagram and Facebook and Twitter. Be sure and check out our Patreon page at patreon.com slash salty dogs podcast. And you can actually uh, support the uh, podcast there if you feel led to do so financially. And then just one last announcement. I didn't want to make uh, this the entire episode about this um, and just know that like, yeah, salty dogs podcast is coming back. Casey and I are going to be back. Uh, it's going to be good, but I'm actually starting a solo podcast called kingdom life podcast. And I just want to spend some time doing little teachings like this, uh, talking about uh, little teachings from the Bible, and we're and there's going to be worksheets, and there's going to be prayer and practicality. Uh, I want to start a Facebook group around it as well, and create some community, and maybe just help some people. Like I feel like the Lord has gifted me to teach and lead, and uh, I've done myself and the body a disservice by limiting my amount of teaching to uh, Sunday morning, you know, a 30 minute to one hour sermon on a Sunday morning. And I feel like the Lord's been leading me to do this. So kingdom life podcast, you can go to kingdom life podcast.com and uh, subscribe and just know that it's not in full. It's not in a, you know, in full gear right now, but we'll have an intro episode. And if you'll just uh, subscribe and then you'll know that it's coming. And so that's just something that I'm doing as, as Jason Villanueva, as a teacher, uh, the word of God, I want to spend some time doing some podcasts, just doing some teachings. And so not meant to take away from uh, salty dogs podcast at all, but to just be another outlet for some of you guys who are caught up with all our episodes and saying, well, what's next? Well, uh, kingdom life podcast, Check it out. I know there's another one out there already that's sermons from a church, but this will be a Kingdom Life podcast uh, focusing on teaching people how to uh, just live uh, live in the kingdom on a daily basis and have a kingdom mindset. And so I talked earlier just a little bit about this multidimensional existence. And so, yeah, we live uh, as a part of the kingdom of God right now. So even though we're of the earth, uh, we're here, uh, but we're not citizens of this place. We're citizens of heaven. And so there's this kingdom dynamic that exists. And so I just want to teach a little bit more into that. So gosh, you guys have been so great. Our listeners have been so phenomenal. The, the emails and the calls and, um, or not the calls, but 
the emails and the Facebook messages and everything. You guys have been so great. Thank you so much. Again, if you would rate and review the Salty Ducks podcast, that'll really help us. And we're looking forward to this this short off season. Um, but you know, things are going to come back full force, and we're really excited about it. So, with that being said, see you guys in 2019. Be blessed. <laughs>